Welcome to the latest episode of the Global Railway Review podcast, sponsored by Nomad Digital. I'm Craig Walters, the editor of Global Railway Review, and this episode is going to focus on the passenger experience and exploring how to provide an enjoyable journey using rich media content with seamless security and world-leading technology. I'm joined today by three industry experts who I'm sure are going to have some great things to say and share about this topic. But before we get into those discussions, I'd like to hand over to each of them to introduce themselves. So who do we have first? Hi, my name is Paul Vaslick. I'm head of architecture at Nomad Digital. Nomad Digital's a, a global leader in providing connectivity solutions for vehicles. A great deal of our business is in the train market, but we also cover uh, other vehicles, buses, trams, metros, etc. We're known very well for providing Wi-Fi on trains, uh, but we also provide a lot of other solutions around uh, connecting passengers uh, to services. So those include providing passenger information, providing rich media, um, and a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Hello, my name is Rodrigo Fernandez. Uh, I head the OTT product lines in Erdeto. Um, Erdeto is a leader in digital security. We protect platforms and applications, particularly in the media industry, but we also have security solutions for the video and gaming industry, as well as health, connected transport and IoT industries. Hi, my name is Keith O'Brien. I'm Head of Business Development for FilmBank Media. FilmBank Media is a company which handles non-theatrical distribution rights internationally. We distribute feature films, TV series and digital print titles to venues outside of the cinema and home. We operate in multiple market sectors internationally and I look after the distribution business for the EMEA region. We currently license and distribute programming and digital print titles and games to transport space. So my part in the podcast today is to talk around those areas. Okay, so um, passengers nowadays, they expect a lot from their train travel experience. That's right through from checking train times before heading to the stations, um, being able to book advanced tickets easily, um, having a good at station experience. But of course, what is their onboard experience like too, where they can keep connected on board, um, whether that's for work or socialising. And train operating companies, I think, have had to embrace digitalization and innovation over recent years because keeping passengers satisfied is, of course, really important. So first discussions from each of you. What do you all think passengers actually want these days um, from their train journeys? And do you think that passenger demands have, have changed a lot over the recent years? And how are we all having to um, adapt um, to what passengers want. Paul, perhaps um, you can kick us off. Yeah, sure. I, I think there's no single answer because uh, there are, of course, many kinds of passenger types uh, for, for train journeys. A lot of us use trains uh, as part of our commute. Uh, of course, uh, in the, the current uh, circumstances, that's changing very much as well in terms of, you know, what we what we commute to and, and how we commute. But uh, a train can be very much part of your working life and something that you want to use as part of your working day. So obviously connectivity uh, to allow you to be able to work as part of that train journey is very important, but also providing services which allow 
you to uh, be more seamless in that in that train journey is are also important as well. So we definitely find that there is a lot of demand for uh, more information and better information, which helps the passenger to um, uh, to have a more seamless joined up journey. So not just the the actual journey on the train, but the the bit before it and the bit afterwards to make sure that the the total end to end journey. Um, is as seamless and, and, and enjoyable as possible. And obviously, there's a, a also an expectation that you can use that period of time while you're traveling to also um, be involved in some media as well and some, some perhaps uh, catch up on some entertainment. I think we pretty much all of us um, have had the opportunity to travel on a, a long haul aircraft and, and we're kind of used to the fact that, that uh, we expect a level of, of media availability and on those kind of environments and that's something that passengers expect to be available on trains as well uh, where they've got the opportunity to, to take advantage of that time that's uh, an area which for us is really exciting and offers us a huge amount of opportunities to both uh, provide pure entertainment and also to mix entertainment with information and media uh, going forward so really exciting area for us to provide a, a more pleasurable experience for people on trains. Yeah, fantastic. And and Rodrigo, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with Paul. Users um, want to access their content. I mean, obviously, video uh, and uh, is very popular, but they want to access their content no matter where they are using their device of choice. And and obviously, that does have some some challenges. And you know, we work. With, with partners like Nomad to uh, make that user experience seamless. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of complexity going behind because it's an unmanaged um, ecosystem. You know, consumers bring whatever device they, they want to use, whether it's, a, you know, a, an Android phone or a laptop, and, and they want to be able to use that device to consume the content very often high value content so premium content coming from uh, hollywood studios and and obviously those hollywood studios have some concerns and have some licensing requirements that require security and it's a, it's our job to work with nomad and uh, to to make that experience um completely transparent or, or seamless to the user and and completely hide the the detail and, and challenge of the of the technology. Fantastic stuff. And and Keith, what are your um, what are your views on this? I think uh, the, the the big shift in the rail sector, or at least there are decision makers in in the at rail operating level that are trying to you know really pull the uh, rail experience the passenger into the twenty first century. Um, so that's that's looking at the the journey end to end. I think one of the comments that you know, in the conversation I had about a year ago, one of the rail operators was that they want to move away from this, this experience where passengers just board a train and they get off a train. They they don't really have any attachment to to the um, to the operator, say, at a level. They they use it to get from A to B, but they don't think about the experience in between. I think what rail operators are trying to do now, and obviously working with companies like Nomad Digital, for example, is look at how can they change that experience for for the passenger. How can I make it more meaningful and, and engaging that once they board that train, they have an experience that um, you know that might be something different to a rival operator, um, which will bring that passenger back. Um, so that means engagement 
be it onboard services, but I think clearly in our case, we're talking about technology here and passenger information services and, and uh, connectivity. I think this is a, a huge shift in trying to make information available to the passenger in real time about what's happening with, with the service that they're on or, or services that they might be connecting to, but also um, the entertainment value that obviously we can bring as a company is filmed back media to the space through um, enriching the service on, on the landing page, on the portal of the Wi-Fi service, uh, and adding not just passenger information services, but film, TV, digital print, you know, magazines, it could be daily newspapers, um, you know, to, to really give the passenger a, a meaningful engagement with that with that train operator or that service that they're using. Uh, and you know, we've seen that in our business how you know, just one element, which is a small element of the overall train operating business, but it can make a big difference to the actual passenger themselves, but also the uh, the value added service that can be brought uh, to, to the rail sector. So we're, we're, we're pretty excited about where we see the, the future vision of, of, of rail and connectivity and, and what we can bring to the space. But we know there are clearly other services, software services, information services and, and hardware technology that, that forms a big part of that value chain. Yeah, really good. And um, I think from especially um, a trend that we're seeing currently um, is more people choosing to travel by train um, over short haul flights. Um, longer train journeys are becoming um, an important trend. I guess this is really where Nomad Digital's portal comes into its own by offering passengers the ability to use their own mobile devices on board, whatever device that might be. Paul, perhaps um, you could tell us um, more about why enriching the, the passenger journey is so important, but also what, what are the benefits um, that the portal brings not only to the passenger, but what about the train operating companies too? Sure. So I think one of the, the things that we all have an expectation uh, about these days is that we have a device in our hand, a uh, device in our pockets, and we expect connectivity everywhere. So when we're in our home, we enjoy mostly a very good Wi-Fi service with uh, lots of capability to be able to stream media, to, to stream content very quickly. So we, we effectively have a, a virtually limitless amount of, of media on demand. We expect to be able to do that when we're out and about with our, our tablets and our, our phones, et cetera. And obviously, in a, in a work environment, we expect connectivity all the time to be able to access all the services related to our, our business, et cetera. Passengers obviously still have those expectations when they're on a train. Now, providing that connectivity in, in an onboard environment uh, is still quite a challenge. Uh, obviously, there, there is uh, connectivity. Uh, connectivity is, is something which is evolving very rapidly as we move towards uh, technologies like 5G. But even with all of those advances in technology, there's still uh, more of an expectation to be able to access content um, than is often physically achievable. So we have to recognize that trains travel very quickly. They travel through very mixed environments. So a train can easily be moving between very urban environments that have uh, exceptionally good mobile connectivity to uh, countryside environments that have very poor connectivity. They, they move through tunnels, they move through cuts, um, all, the, all the kind of things that make that, that connection very challenging. And Nomad been in the business of providing uh, onboard Wi-Fi connectivity uh, since the early 2000s. And that's primarily been the, the kind of core of our business to, to be able to provide a level of service 
that allows people to use the internet while they're on board. But when you start to think about passengers wanting to be able to access uh, really uh, high quality streaming media, if all of our customers wanted to do that over the public internet all of the time, we would very quickly get to a point where uh, the available connectivity was, was not uh, capable of, of, of satisfying that. So providing a lot more of those services as onboard services, which then don't require that uh, offboard connectivity is really, really important. So this is where our rich media portal plays an incredibly important part to both be able to provide services that, that really work very well for our passengers. So they're able to, to view media without delays, without waits, without you know horrible jumpy videos, et cetera. And also to be able to provide a service which is cost effective uh, for, for uh, transport operators to run because in general, our transport operators pay for that connectivity between the train and the shore. And uh, if we uh, require everybody to, to use a lot of that connectivity, then that becomes very expensive. And obviously that translates into higher rail fares, et cetera. So a great deal of our focus is around how we provide that onboard experience and how we provide all of the technologies that are required behind the scenes to make that work, um, and how we uh, work with partners such as uh, the ones that we have on the call today to make that possible. Excellent, that's really interesting. And um, just one thing to pick up on, you mentioned about the need for the uh, kind of onboard Wi-Fi services to be able to work as, the, as, a, as a train travels through different environments, like coming out of a city, going through tunnels, et cetera. And what are the biggest challenges for train operating companies in that respect in 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 uh, developing and implementing their Wi-Fi services? Are countries way better at doing it than others? There's certainly a, a very mixed um, uh, set of technologies between different countries. The mobile communication space is evolving incredibly rapidly. So different deployments in different areas can overtake others in terms of uh, capability. Um, so we'll find that, you know, in, in certain regions, we might uh, be able to take advantage of uh, very, very good connectivity um, and other regions might not have that yet. But we obviously expect that, you know, different areas will catch up at different rates. There is a, a, a huge commercial uh, limitation here around the fact that Mobile operators will obviously spend most of their time putting connectivity into spaces where they get most value from it. Um, hence, most densely populated cities are, are usually very well covered because they have uh, you know, plenty of customers and uh, very rural areas uh, are often less well covered because it costs a, a considerable amount of money to, to uh, provide the coverage in those areas. Nomad really uh, works on a lot of different areas to, to provide ways to, to solve those problems. I would say that those problems are, are, are largely ours to solve rather than um, the, the train operators who really look to companies like us to do that for, them, for us. Um, uh, the solutions usually revolve around use of multiple um, mobile carriers, so uh, LTE technology in the future, 5G technology, but can also involve dedicated networks, so providing networks at the track side which are dedicated for those particular uh, connectivity solutions um, and that can be a, a really fantastic way of providing a lot of connectivity so connectivity is one thing but um, you know as i said before 
the, the best way of getting around those problems is to provide opportunities to, to deliver services which don't need uh, much, if any, uh, connectivity all of the time. And that allows us to then provide a much more seamless service um, which takes takes account of the fact that yep there will always be you know black spots or brown spots where connectivity is not as good as we would like it. Um, I think um, as we're looking towards having more connected opportunities um, on board for passengers, um, which is obviously really great. That's how we need to move forward. But with all of that, surely there there needs to be more um, robust protection in place against such things like cybercrime um, and uh, cybersecurity um, is a topic that crosses so many um, parts of, of the rail sector. How does cybersecurity play a role in passenger connectivity? Perhaps, Rodrigo, you can talk a little bit more about digital um, platform security um, from your point of view. What would you say to any passengers that are perhaps um, sceptical about um, connecting to onboard systems? And also, do train operating companies still have concerns in this area too? Yeah, so, so I mean, certainly um, uh, train companies who are providing services like video services where they allowing the, the passengers to consume high value premium content on board. And as, as Paul mentioned, you know, Typically, because of the black spots and poor connectivity in some of the areas, there's, there, there is uh, most operators will use onboard solutions to host and, dish, and, and stream that content to uh, passenger devices. Providing that service does have some technical challenges. Y you need to have, um, okay, first of all, in order to, to be able to distribute that content, you need to license that content from um, from content owners. Content owners, as part of those agreements, require certain security measures to be in place so that um, hackers, for example, cannot extract that content and freely distribute that content. So those security mechanisms need to be in place. And you know, you, you typically um, those mechanisms are, are always available in online streaming uh, video streaming services obviously in an unconnected environment or an offline environment like like on the train that has some challenges so we work we work with nomad we've developed uh, solutions that are um, basically working in air gapped environments uh, planes trains boats that will enable operators to still be able to offer that content to, to consumers. Again, as I mentioned before, to a, a range of different devices. Consumers want to use whatever device they have in their hands, but still provide a seamless uh, experience. At the same time, we, we wanna make sure that these solutions that go on onto the trains are completely secure, um, but also they don't, they make the, the, the operational management of, of, of those security aspects as easy as possible for um, train operators and, and, and their partners. Okay, good. And so, Paul, um, what are your views with regards to the issues around um, cybersecurity and, and protecting um, assets, um, you know, all these open networks? 
uh, it's a really important area for us um, and, and uh, certainly an area uh, that, that our customers pay a lot of attention to. So uh, when we're working with our customers to provoke, uh, propose solutions, we will almost always um, have a, a, a very large uh, amount of requirements around cybersecurity that come uh, from the train operators, in some cases from the train builder. There, there is, of course, one aspect here, which is we're uh, building networks and providing networks on trains um, which are connected to the train. They're part of the train infrastructure, and there's therefore uh, a, a very strong requirement that all of our services can in no way uh, affect uh, the operation of the train um, so that there is no opportunity for a, a, a malicious person, a hacker, to you know, use the train Wi-Fi to, to access any service on the train. Um, so as an absolute primary concern, we ensure that all of our systems um, are, are not connected to anything uh, which is mission critical on a vehicle. So there's absolutely no way that, that you can affect the operation of the train. But going on further from that, we obviously want to ensure that uh, from the passenger's point of view, their network is protected. So their devices are connecting to a, a network which is not going to their open them up to uh, you know, the risk of attack or uh, the risk of um, uh, uh, their, their internet traffic being uh, intercepted or, or played with in any way. And when it comes to the kind of media and information that we're providing on board, we of course have to protect that as well. One aspect is of course to, to make sure that um, that information is correct so nobody can mess around with that information and, and corrupt it. Um, but as Rodrigo's already said, when we come to a lot of the premium media um, that we are, are buying in from, from media partners, those, those media providers are of course concerned to ensure that their media is well protected too. Um, so they need to maintain the, the integrity of that media and they need to, to, to maintain uh, their copyright over that. So providing solutions which allow that is really critical to being able to deliver a, a good service on board. Yeah, good. And, and obviously it's, um, you know, the passengers have got to have trust um, in the technology being used. So um, I'm guessing that's, that's you know, a core value out of, out of all of that. Okay, so um, Keith, Filmbank Media, um, you guys work closely with, with leading technology partners um, to develop and deliver solutions um, designed uh, for onboard requirements obviously thinking about the rail industry what particular challenges have you guys encountered and um, do different customers in the rail sector do they want different content um, uh, from each other um, are trained passengers more inclined to watch um, tv shows or read digital publications rather than playing games um, i guess you guys um, can easily adapt your content offering um, to different demands yeah, we've seen a, uh, it's been a journey to, to get to where we are today, uh, because you know, one of the key things that, uh, that's been touched on by, by Bourne Rodrigo is the encryption standards that the studios uh, need to, to see partners putting in place in order to license content from Filmback Media. So as a technology plays a key role in distributing the content and over a closed circuit network on board a train, well, you have the hardware and Wi-Fi services and then the actual portal and, and software overlays on top of that enable us to be able to then license and enter into licensing agreements sorry, with, with uh, operators or system integrators or, or software providers. 
and that's been a journey in itself to give that education to to the to the train transport market, I should say, in general. Um, so that's been a, a story of the last a narrative that's built up over the last four or five years uh, to have all these elements in place in order to then actually have a, a, a full uh, onboard entertainment service that can provide the latest in uh, Hollywood movies or, or TV series or just general uh, lifestyle entertainment and documentaries um, in, in combination with digital print. What we tend to find, the, the depending on the journey time and the rail operator itself, if you've got a national rail operator that wants to acquire this type of service and provide this type of entertainment to, to their passengers, you'll tend to find that feature films work for those longer journeys, clearly because the average journey time could be anywhere from two, four to six hours, depending on, on the country. And we find that the, the national rail, rail operators will uh, tend to lean towards feature films, but also have a, a hybrid with TV series as well. Um, and that could be, again, premium TV series from, from the likes of the major studios that we represent. Or it could be more lifestyle programs, something that's more, more sensed around the territory domestic program. It could be Spanish program, German or English. Yeah, we cater for that as well. So whereas you know, there is the premium Hollywood entertainment, we have diversified our content offering purely because we, we understand that and the education over the last four or five years has has pushed us towards acquiring content at a local level and not just an international level. Um, and that every operator or every company that we deal with in the space has different ideas as to how they would like uh, to present uh, the content to their customers and, and, the, and the, the kind of the, the package they would like to offer. Now, us as Film Bank Media is a content uh, distributor, we can help with that. So we have um, all the information that we've garnered over the last four or five years in this space, we can help shape um, a, a content package for a, a customer. We know what works well and we know, that what, and we know what doesn't work well in, in certain market sectors. And so that's, that's working with our partners in the, the system integration space, the software space, how we can tailor packages, customize packages, change them after a period of time. Um, we look at the analytics that comes into us on a month-to-month -month basis and we can we can build up a picture of you know, what type of genres of content are working uh, for a transport operator uh, and then we can use that information for example to then filter feed that back into into the content selections going forwards uh, and that's something we do on a on a monthly or, or quarterly basis working with our customers today um, the digital print comes in as a, a i would say as an element of, of definite interest daily newspapers are, are, um, are of high value to business travelers versus leisure travelers. Um, however, there are logistics around distributing daily newspapers to trains. I mean, we can do this today through our partners, um, but there's obviously a, a, a technical uh, flow that has to work in order for those daily newspapers to be made available on the morning of those trains going out into market. And usually that's uh, through over-the-air distribution methods. Um, Paul touched on a really good point earlier around um, you know, connectivity and obviously when you're on board a train, you're relying on uh, over the air uh, and over the air networks to deliver data services to trains. By having a closed circuit network on board the train, um, you, know, you can store that content locally, you, you avoid incurring costs from, from mobile network operators uh, and you can, you can basically manage that cost base by by entering into license agreements with companies like ourselves and technology companies and software companies um, where you're in more control of what the passenger can um, actually access and view on board the train. That's not to say they can't still access uh, the open internet, 
It's just that heavy data services can then be stored on board the train, and that's 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 a cost benefit to uh, to the to the rail operators. That's great, thank you, and um, actually really interesting to hear about how um, how you can analyse what genres um, are working for for the operator. Do you also go into um, to such kind of analysis like um, at what time of day uh, content is being streamed and 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 kind of map what works well from from that point of view as well? Sure, I think this is possible. I think with uh, technology services improving on 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 the uh, on board the trains, then we can get into more granular detail with the data that we're receiving, and we would work we would work with our partners to try and refine that, that content offering. So the the peak demands, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the evening, um, you know, whether it's a, a work, working week or whether it's a weekend traveller. You know, this this is something where this is something which we can improve upon as, as technology and, uh, and software platforms can share that data with us. We can then use that to feed back into uh, the content selections and 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 ultimately be uh, be quicker to market with our content refresh rates. You know, we we enter into typical licensing deals with our partners. Um, but like I said, that ongoing month to month review of of, uh, of the performance of the service and what content is working well versus what isn't. Um, you yeah, know that, that helps us shape that shape that content uh, output for for our partners, and you know, we can we can hopefully get to a, a point where where we're offering content of value to our customers because ultimately that's what's driving the passion to use and engage with that portal. Um, there's a journey that goes on beyond that entertainment, but ultimately we are we are focused on the entertainment portion. If we can uh, make that enriched experience, then clearly that's a benefit to not just to us but our partners, but the passenger as well. Yeah, actually, the um, Nomad Digital solution uh, already provides quite a lot of uh, data um, uh, analysis um, uh, in terms of what people are viewing, um, how people are, are using that media. Um, and we already do quite a lot of uh, analysis for some of our customers um, uh, around how uh, their passengers are using uh, uh, the, the available media. Um, different customers use that in different ways. Um, and we're very uh, interested in working with our partners to share that data um, so that we can then learn and, and provide better solutions in the future. Yeah, oh, great, thank you. Um, so uh, moving on, we mentioned earlier that more people are um, definitely choosing to travel by train rather than short haul flights. And this, of course, helps massively um, to contribute to reducing um, carbon emissions and rails kind of role in um, climate change. Um, that's all something which is, of course, the rail industry is, is committed to um, from many different angles. Um, what do you all think about um, the train versus plane argument and, and where your role kind of comes into all of that? Do you think that, that numbers will continue to grow in favour of rail travel? Um, perhaps the, the COVID-19 pandemic um, is, is playing a, a crucial part in shifting more passengers from, from air to rail? Um, Paul, what do you think, first of all? Yeah, I think, you know, we can see uh, across different uh, countries and territories potentially have, you know, different ways of, of funding rail, um, which uh, leads to very different fare structures, for an example, um, that you can uh, you can get very different take ups of rail travel. Um, so whether it be moving uh, customers from short haul flights or whether it be moving customers off the roads 
um, to, to using rail as part of their commute, etc., uh, where obviously there are some advantages of using rail if it's um, uh, cost effective and efficient. Um, you, you're, you're not sitting behind a wheel. You can actually get something done, or, uh, either uh, do some work or, or uh, enjoy yourself and, and uh, uh, take part in some of the, the great rich media. Um, so the, there are there are lots of advantages to rail trans, uh, transport. Um, of course, additionally to the fact that it is one of the most uh, efficient uh, forms of mass transport in terms of carbon footprint, etc. So we definitely do see that. Um, we see it um, in in different ways in different countries. There are certainly, um, you know, for example, some uh, markets in Europe where there is a very high usage of rail for for just normal commute um, for for quite long distances. So it's it's quite normal for people to to live uh, considerable distances from from their office. Um, and, and of course, now as we enter, you know, somewhat different way of working in the future we'd expect all of that to, to change and morph a little bit more yet again. So perhaps uh, a, a classic work week will no longer be um, five days. Um, maybe we'll see uh, more people using uh, uh, more rail transport, but for less days uh, of the week, for example. So I think we'll, we'll definitely see a lot of changes. And I definitely see the, uh, the transport operators um, thinking about how they can provide a better experience for doing that um, a, a, and more services for people while they are on board. Um, so I think that that's where a, a lot of the things that we've been talking about today fit in very, very well. Great. And uh, Rodrigo, what, what do you think um, about the train versus plane argument um, and how people are shifting uh, more to rail? Well, <laughs> I, I think I can only comment from my own personal experience. Um, I, 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 I used to, to, to travel a lot, mostly for business, uh, well, taking the plane. Uh, personally, I actually use, uh, I do use the train to uh, go to the office. I mean, nowadays, just one day, one, one day a week. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, by having this kind of service offer on board, they do make you know the, the 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 time more pleasant for to to passengers and and like uh, uh, Paul mentioned you know uh, I get the opportunity to 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 work or or watch a movie or something so uh, I, I think it's uh, it's definitely something that uh, I would like to see in every, every uh, train every plane. Excellent, Keith. Um, how about some uh, viewpoints from you about this whole? Uh, train versus plane argument. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, really to, to Paul Marigo's point, um, I can speak from a business traveling perspective that, um, you know, invariably I'd, I'd be traveling uh, via, via the air in, in recent years uh, for, for customer meetings. Um, but there was a definite shift uh, within inside the company, say 12 months ago, where, and also personal preference myself, that, you know, I prefer to travel by train because of you think about the journey experience in, in, in a plane going to and getting to the airport, checking into the airport versus, let's say, moving on a train across continents. It's uh, it's a much uh, speedier and more fluid experience, I would I would say, my argument. And from an environmental point of view, clearly traveling by train uh, is, is much better for the carbon footprint than, uh, than boarding planes. Yeah, most definitely. 
And um, how um, do we all think um, the way people will consume content um, will change in the future? Do you think um, maybe what devices um, people are, are more um, likely to choose to, to consume content? Um, Keith, what do you think? Yeah, technology is is the is the driving change of, of how in definitely in my space how uh, consumers or, or passengers are are changing their habits and lifestyles and consuming content. Um, it's driven this change in the in the rail industry as such in the last four or five years by by operators investing and uh, train train manufacturing companies investing in Wi-Fi infrastructure services has led to this point where. You know, entertainment is, a, is, is not just a possibility, it's happening now in rail uh, across Europe. Um, so it has been a real real uh, sea change in, in being able to, for, for operators to be able to offer these types of services to their customer base. Um, and it's opened up a, a market for, for film bank media, which was ultimately held back because the technology just, just wasn't there, the investment wasn't there. It's, it's now happening. Uh, we've seen that in the last two to three years alone. Um, there are some really great services out there, partners that we work with today in Europe, where they're offering really enriched experiences through through investment in portals and Wi-Fi services and infrastructure. Um, and we're able to obviously offer great Hollywood content on top of that uh, and, and anything else in between. It's, it's driven that change today and it will continue to do so. Um, I, I think encryption standards will get better. Um, content delivery in terms of data delivery, I should say, over the air to trains will, it will invariably get better. It will take a, it will take a while, I think. Speaking, this is my my personal opinion right now that storing the content on the trains is the best way forward because because of the uh, connectivity issues that uh, passengers experience on trains once they're out, outside of cities. Um, you know, it, it makes sense to have a seamless user experience by storing that. That's that content locally rather than having delivered via via a network operator over the air. That shift will happen at some point uh, once you know we're talking about introduction of 5G technology. But you know the the 4G technology is patchy once you get outside of London on a train. So I can't see it happening overnight. There will be a, a gradual investment over over many years to come in uh, in technology uh, to improve these types of services. Um, but I think we're some way off that just yet. Um, but uh, ultimately, uh, I think, yes, um, content and how we distribute that content to this market space is defined by the technology uh, and how that how that is delivered to the passenger. So we're, we'll always be evolving uh, based on what's happening, whether it's this year, five years down the line, 10 years down the line. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, Craig, yeah. if I may add to what Keith just said, I, I think, you know, th that transition is, is starting to, to, to happen as you know newer and technologies become available that provide more bandwidth but i think that's going to be a, a gradual transition there's going to be opportunities to offer different types of content for example on 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 trains whereas you know op and operators and, and technology partners we, we look at the most cost effective um solutions depending on the content you know typically you know f movies and tv shows uh, you know, it's it's very cost effective to serve them um, off the train, but uh, but if if you think about live events, live sports, for example, or um, linear channels, uh, you know, then that's not something you can uh, you know, obviously serve off the train. You need to have an external connection, and so that that's where probably where the 
when this transition starts to happen, this is going to be kind of a, a, a good opportunity for, for train operators to offer that kind of uh, uh, live content on board. Yeah, good. Thank you, Rodrigo. And and actually, you know, looking to, to future opportunities um, as the train becomes more popular. Um, Rodrigo, um, how do you think um, passenger demands will be different, say, in 10 years time? And and is Adetto um, ready to evolve with what passengers want? Yeah, I mean, we are already seeing that in the in the in the consumer behaviors when it comes to um, you know, the way how they consume content. You know, the, the the latest generation, you know, teenagers and and people in the twenties and their thirties, um, they 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 want to consume content no matter which device they 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 have in their hands. They don't want to wait until they're home and being able to watch it on on the big screen. So, uh, you know, there's already uh, you know a, 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 this consumer behavior sh uh, shift to video streaming instead of watching at home at the set of box is already happening. It's a more complex world because, like I said before, it's com it's completely unmanaged. You know, consumers themselves decide which um, device they want to use, where they want to use it, irrespective of what kind of connectivity there is, and, you know, which service they want to use. So it brings some um, business and technical challenges. I mean, the technical challenges, obviously, the ecosystem fragmentation, which is not fully controlled by operators, and and the the other one is is obviously it's it's a it's you know it's a competitive market out there, and 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 people are looking for new business models and and trying to take customers away from 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 different services. I think probably the other challenge um, is going to be around you know the the new formats of a content that's going to be available you know uh, 4k people are now starting to hear 8k there's a few devices already available in the market then can serve 4k and obviously that that brings uh you know some challenges to both um operators as well as technology companies um, but i think i think that the main trend that that we've been seeing for the last few years, and it's it's a it's continues to you know to accelerate is the transition from you know traditional uh, big TV at home to people really watching content no matter where they are on on their preferred device. Great stuff, thank you. And um, and finally, Paul, um, you know as we're saying, you know passengers' uh, requirements are going to evolve. Their um, their needs and their demands will change. Is Nomad Digital ready to keep up with um, to keep up with the pace of change? Uh, yeah, we absolutely are. Uh, I think I fully agree with uh, Keith and Rodrigo. The the, the transition to uh, passengers using connectivity off board, um, maybe via through 5G or maybe through uh, more enhanced uh, connectivity provided by Nomad, I think is something that, that that's going to be gradual. One thing that I, I'm pretty sure about is that as uh, connectivity capability increases, the demand for that connectivity will also increase uh, at the same time. Um, so I think it's very unlikely um, that we'll get to a point where we can say, well, the whole requirement for, for onboard content uh, just goes away completely. I think it will absolutely evolve. 
Uh, I think a lot of the, the uh, types of services that have been touched on by Keith, for example, and, and Rodrigo, uh, in terms of uh, things like providing live streaming media, are things that we already do. Um, so we already provide a, a near live TV service, um, which is capable of streaming live events like sports, et cetera, um, and rebroadcasting that into a train environment so that, uh, again, we, we optimize the, the use of the connectivity. Um, uh, but um, as, as um, both Keith and Rodrigo have said, passengers will demand uh, that they can view anything on their devices at any time. And those devices, I think, will uh, evolve over time. Um, we expect that uh, uh, people's uh, mobile phones, tablets, etc., providing uh, an experience, you know, not dissimilar to your your big screen TV at home um, in terms of quality. Um, so there is, a, of course, an expectation that the media that um, uh, they can get on board uh, trains uh, is going to be uh, on par and, and can keep up with that that level of expectation. So we're going to be evolving um, and we're certainly going to be working with our partners to make sure that, that, that we're, uh, we're understanding the market and we're using the experts as, as, uh, as most appropriate. Excellent. So some um, exciting times ahead. Um, OK, well, um, let's uh, wrap this up. Paul, Rodrigo, Keith, thank you so much for your time. Um, fantastic insights um, there from each of you giving us um, some all food for thought um, and perhaps people listening might think differently about their onboard experience um, the next time they travel, um, not just you know how they're going to spend their time, but actually thinking about um, how it all comes together. So um, thank you all. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. So that concludes this episode, which was sponsored by Nomad Digital. Huge thanks to Keith O'Brien from Filmback Media, Rodrigo Fernandez from Adetto, and Paul Vasilik from Nomad Digital for joining me. There will be more podcasts from Global Railway Review in the future, so please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next one. You can subscribe via our website, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or from wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And don't forget to also subscribe for free to Global Railway Review to access our latest print editions and exclusive online content. And please also join us on our social media channels, Thank you for taking the time to listen today and I hope you can join us again soon. Goodbye.